Hello and welcome into the Lockdown Wolves postcast. We are live following a big win at the Timberwolves home open over the Miami Heat. Tyler Metcalf of Canisupis joins me as we break down the victory on the postcast. You are Locked On Wolves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota, your team every day. Into the Lockdown Wolves postcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Lockdown Wolves, filling in for Luke Inman today on the postcast over at Lockdown Sports Minnesota. Excited to be joined by Tyler Metcalf from Canisupis and No Ceilings NBA. Tyler, good to see you. Appreciate you joining. And uh, let's talk some Wolves heat. Absolutely. We, we we got a win. It was fun. It was a little ugly at times, but a win's a win. And, it, you know, a 16-point win is nothing to, uh, you know, not be excited about. Exactly. Yeah. And and I mean, there's plenty of places we could start with this one. Obviously, Miami is shorthanded. Uh, plenty of injuries. No Jimmy Butler, no Kevin Love and, and on down the line. But still, uh, this was a game that was hard fought early in general. It ended up being a pretty well-rounded performance uh, by the Wolves. We'll talk about Nas Reed a little bit later. But what are your your biggest kind of your biggest headlines from this one? Um, I, I mean, first, how good Rudy Gobert looked, um, how good Nas looked um, and even Kat and that scoring stretch down uh, or to, to round out the third quarter and kind of buffer up that seven to nine ish point lead um, gave them a little bit of breathing room. And it was the, the three big men who really kind of led the way for the Timberwolves tonight as a lot of the perimeter guys struggled throughout the night and they weathered the storm. It was uh, again, a little hairy there for about three quarters, but the Timberwolves finally pulled away and had the big win that they should have had against this, you know, pretty depleted Miami roster. Yes. And, and early on, it was, I mean, of course the concern from Wednesday primarily being related to the offense, the, the uh, offense was, uh, shall we say ugly to watch on Wednesday. There was a lot of ISO ball, a lot of, as Chris Finch likes to say, the ball got really sticky on Wednesday. I don't know that we really, even though the offense wasn't smooth to start the game, you mentioned the perimeter perimeter players didn't play as well, and we'll get into that. Obviously, there's no really eye-popping box score lines from the perimeter guys. Ant ended up with a pretty nice line, but he was mm-hmm. quiet for much of the middle portion of this game. Um, early on, the offense, it, it just, like, they only scored 26 in the first quarter. Miami mixes in a lot of zone, and they didn't do it right off the bat, but and they didn't play much of it, I don't think, at all in their first couple of games this season, but they began to mix it in, and the Wolves struggled a little with it at first, but it seems like they did a pretty good job, I thought the Wolves did, at kind of combating the zone. What were your thoughts on on how the Wolves handled that? Yeah, and the, the first couple of possessions they ran it, um, it was kind of gross. It was kind of ugly because the Wolves were getting really complacent with just kind of moving it around the perimeter, not trying to penetrate with drives or pass interior passes. Um, and they were just settling for a lot of just lazy outside shots. And it was right around that time where Finch subbed out Gobert, brought in Cat, and that's where he kept flashing to the free throw line in the middle of the zone. And they were able to, I think a little more confidently feed him in that space, just given his ball skills, his ability to shoot a little more effectively, his footwork, shot creation stuff. And once they started doing that, that's where they kind of started chipping away at that zone. Um, A little later, Nas came in, they started doing some of the same stuff, a little two man game, high, low action with him um, and cat and cat and Kyle Anderson. So during that is like mid second quarter where they kind of made that change. And it really gave a little bit more life to their offense because Rudy got off to an incredible start 
in the first quarter, uh, rolling and cutting down the lane and, you know, really abusing those man-to-man matchups. But once they switched to that zone, they didn't really have a, an immediate answer to that. Once they kind of alternated that, provided a different look at center, provided a little more shooting, a little more ball skills, that's where the offense kind of started to pivot. And we started seeing the ball move a little more, uh, players move um, off ball, and just the decision-making kind of improved throughout there um, as they kind of fa- continued to face that zone well into the fourth quarter. Yeah, one of my concerns in this game that I talked about on Friday's episode of Lockdown Wolves was... Um, obviously coming off of Wednesday's game in Toronto and Miami being a good defensive team that forces at least last year. And this is, you know, pretty similar rosters last year's heat team uh, forcing a lot of turnovers and the wolves playing sloppy with the ball. And and they didn't actually turn it over all that much in Toronto, but there was still some of that um, that kind of comes out of playing sticky. Right. And then, and then having those last minute passes or whatever, trying to, maybe trying a little bit too hard to force a pass. I was worried about that against Miami and especially with the zone like that. And, and a lot of times last year we saw Kyle Anderson in the middle of the zone kind of orchestrating. And uh, we saw a lot of uh, like cat and Nas doing that in this game. Um, So I thought it was going to be a big Kyle Anderson game. And he also played really well Wednesday, but instead it was just, even though Ed didn't really have it going early, um, the wolves kind of picked their spots. And I thought that that was really good to see. Additionally, the other thing I was pretty worried about in this game was um, committing fouls on the other end of the floor against Miami, who generally does a pretty good job at drawing fouls. Of course, Jimmy Butler is a big part of that. He didn't play. Um, But I thought the wolves in general defended pretty well um, and didn't really get drawn into Miami's web all that much. I think they had 14 free throw attempts in this game. So defending without following, obviously a big key all the time for the wolves. Uh, They were terrible at it the last couple of seasons. In general, I thought it was a good defensive performance as well. Yeah, and kind of similar to their offense, they were it was a little shaky at the start, but they just kind of kept at it and kept kind of paying more attention to the details as the game went on. Um, in the first quarter, I think Nas got beat on two back cuts. Mike Conley got beat on two back cuts. Uh, point of attack defenders like Nikhil Alexander-Walker were struggling to get over the screen at first, and Tyler Hero was kind of getting, getting into a rhythm, and it had the makings of one of these games where like, Oh God, where this is last year all over again, where this depleted roster, they're not taking seriously and they're just going to let these guys walk into a rhythm and just get easy buckets over and over again. But they kind of figured it out and just kind of kept working through it. Nikhil uh, really got better in the fourth quarter is a rough night for him overall. But in that fourth quarter, he really started hounding Tyler hero on ball, started deflecting, um, you know, or di- disrupting his ball handling and really showing off his kind of how pesky he is as a def- uh, on-ball defender. And then Rudy's defense all night was just really, really good. Um, they made Bam make some really tough mid-range shots. And in the first half, he was. And it was like, okay, is this going to be the best offensive shooting performance of Bam's career? And, you know, things kind of leveled out in the second half. But the looks that he was getting were really similar throughout, where it's like, yeah, ball's going in the in the first half, but they're not wide open jumpers. They're not easy dunks. Rudy has a hand in his face and that kind of same look carried over into the second half. And, you know, the water just kind of found its level. Yeah. And, and it felt like a really overall balanced attack for the wolves. Certainly the box score bears that out. Um, And you mentioned to kill Alexander Walker. I would say both Alexander Walker and Troy Brown jr. To me didn't obviously didn't do a whole lot in the scoring column. Right. I think you mentioned this nod didn't score until I think the third quarter and uh, he hit back to back buckets there. Troy Brown didn't score at all, but they both kind of add that. This is, this is, and this is a statement both in this game. And I think in general uh, on this season, they both add that 
as I like to call it, do stuff ability to this team where they're involved in a lot of different areas, obviously defensively, but steals, blocks, loose balls, 50-50 balls, all that stuff, uh, rebounding at both ends of the floor, stuff that this team lacked for much of last season. Um, and obviously Alexander Walker came over at the deadline, but those guys without scoring and combining to shoot two of 10 in this game and one of eight from three, which obviously that needs to be better. Um, but they still contributed positively. There were a couple of big Troy Brown, uh, maybe not big rebounds, but a couple of nice rebounds, a couple of activity type plays that he had. You mentioned Alexander Walker kind of seemed to play better as the game went on. I think that's indicative of this team just being a little bit deeper than what we saw last year. Yeah. It's just that additional size, that additional versatility. And, you know, like you mentioned, Troy Brown's box score. If you miss a game and you're just looking at the box score, you're like, what's the big deal? He, you know, a couple rebounds, 0 for 2, nothing to get super excited about. But then you just look at his size and you look at the length, and then you watch him picking up guys like Kyle Lowry or Tyler Hero full court and just adding that additional pressure and that experience on how to get around a screen. And even when he gets bumped off that initial screen and has to switch and, you know, rotate for a guy who's covering. Now his man, he's able to do that really seamlessly and communicate that. And you mentioned the rebounding. He only had two rebounds, but a couple of those were in traffic late in the game, where is like where 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 the Timberwolves were kind of looking to pull up pull away and pull ahead and create an even bigger lead. So the fact that he's been really reliable going back to the preseason of being another wing defensive rebounder who can just end possessions um, and position himself and use his length and athleticism to secure those rebounds is just a really good addition to the overall depth of this team. Let's talk about our title sponsors at Dave. Finances can be so intimidating. That's why you need Dave. Dave can make managing your money so much easier with an interest-free extra cash advance fee fee-free goal tracking, and easy ways to find a side hustle to make more money. Dave is the banking app that's leveling the financial playing field. When you download Dave, you could get up to $500 in five minutes or less. No credit check, no late fees. It's part of Dave's extra cash account. Advance the money you need with no interest and then settle up later. You can even build credit when you settle up on time. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to make their finances easier. So if you're in a pinch, get the help you need by downloading Dave. Download Dave today at dave.com slash NBA. That's dave.com slash NBA. You could get up to $500 in five minutes or less. No credit check, no late fees. Download the Dave app now or go to dave.com slash NBA For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Eligibility criteria and instant transfer fees apply. Banking services provided by Evolve, member FDIC. Let's also talk about our friends over at Jace Medical. Jace Medical provides the Jace case, which is a personalized emergency medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics that treat the most common and deadly bacterial infections. And it's getting to be fall. It's going to be the holidays, winter. Everybody's traveling. And when you're traveling in the fall and winter season, it's good to be prepared with everything going on in the world from supply chain to you know unrest everywhere. You never know when it's going to be tough to get something that you really need in an emergency. And the Jace case is the best place to get that. And again, that's from Jace Medical. Go to jacemedical.com and enter the code LOCKEDON at checkout for a $20 discount on your order. That's promo code LOCKEDON at jacemedical, J-A-S-E medical.com. All right, let's talk a little bit about some individual performances in this game. Um, We kind of talked, we actually really haven't talked that much about Nas. Um, He's, to me, the headline. If you're talking like, of course, if like you said, if you didn't watch the game, you glance at the box score, you say, okay, Nas had a great game. But it really, like he had a good first half and I actually don't know how much he actually scored in the third, but it was the time in which he scored in the second half, third and fourth quarter, that big three-point play that was initially ruled a, a, a 
uh, charge on the floor that was overturned to a blocking foul. Um, and he completed the three point play. That was at a kind of a pivotal moment that I think it would have been a, it was a six point game, but it went up to nine, I believe at that point. Um, and just in general, the activity, knocking down open shots when he had them from the perimeter, a really, really strong game from Nas Reed. Yeah, and game high plus 30, obviously single game plus minus is what it is, but that's really impressive. 25 points, 10 of 14 shooting, 4 of 7 from 3, 8 rebounds. It was just in the past with so many Wolves games, you know, they make that extra pass, guys wide open in the corner for a three, and they really desperately need it, and it just rims out. Or, he, you know, he completely misses everything. And this time, just Nas hit shot after shot after shot. And he wasn't forcing the issue in any way where he was, you know, inadvertently taking guys off the dribble or, you know, going after shots that he had no business going after. He was taking wide open spot up threes. He was abusing mismatches in the post. Um, they ran a gorgeous horn set for him. Um, I think it was late in the, or early in the fourth um, where Bam's sagging all the way back to the rim and just ignoring Rudy out on the paint. So then they you know, pivot Rudy's screen and use him as an off-ball screener to open up Nas for a wide-open three on the wing. It was just really effortless, and it, it all felt just like it came really natural. None of it felt forced. None of it felt like it can't be replicated. It was just a vintage Nasri game. Yeah, and, and we'll talk a little bit about, about the big man rotation here in a minute because I want to talk about the minute split and essentially how these guys are shuffled in and out. I thought it was interesting the way Chris Finch closed the game. Um, I want to talk about a couple additional individual performances. We talked about Ant a little bit earlier, and after he attempted 27 or 28 shots or something like that on Wednesday, he only squeezed the trigger 15 times in this game, shot almost 50% from the floor, was 3 of 5 outside the arc, uh, scored a, a little bit kind of a flurry of scoring early in the game and was very quiet in the middle stages, came on strong right when the Wolves were trying to close it. Like they were, pro you know, it was, I think, 10, 12 points or so. And then all of a sudden Ant scored a bunch and it was up to 20. Um, and so it was, it was, you know, an important time for him to get those points. I thought he picked his spots really well. And, and this is, he had, I think, one assist and two turnovers on Wednesday. He had seven assists, two turnovers in this game. The rebounding went from crazy number to two. It was a very different Ant game. But it was overall more effective, I thought, than what he did on Wednesday. It, it felt like a much more mature approach yes. than their first game, where first game you could tell that he was hyped up. He wanted to go put on a show, and it led to some questionable decisions. And tonight, you know, like you said, he he had that flurry of a couple buckets early, got cold, but then stopped forcing it. Where before the last couple minutes of the fourth, um, he was four of twelve shooting with eleven points. It's like. Yeah, this is kind of an ugly ant game. And then he was the one who single-handedly pushed that 11, 12 point lead to 20, where he had a couple threes, a uh, nice little mid-ranger off the glass. And like you said, the, the seven assists is really, really important. But you know, on top of that, only two turnovers. So he's moving the ball, he's making the easy decisions. He was taking what the defense was giving to him. Obviously, it would be incredible if he's constantly putting his you know, his mark on the game from tip off to final whistle, but just moving the ball, playing within the flow of the offense, making the right decision and not forcing shots and bad passes and trying to make the hero play every possession in the middle portion, I think ended up being a really nice kind of adjustment for him based on how he looked in the first game. Yeah. And, and another really strong 
professional, mature performance, which, you know, we see a lot of these from this player, but Mike Conley really well-rounded in this game, 14 points on six of 10 shooting, got aggressive towards the end as the Wolves were trying to build that double digit lead, ended up two of six outside the arc. And we saw him knock down a pair of catch and shoot corner threes, which um, regular listeners lock on Wolves, locked on Wolves know that I have been harping on ever since they got Mike Conley that, Hey, people don't realize this. He's actually a better catch and shoot three point shooter than D'Lo. And those moments are exactly what you're looking for. Low usage guy can kind of can get you into your offense and then he's going to get to the right spot at the right time and knock down catch and shoot threes at like a 43% clip. Um, and he was, uh, again, single game plus minus is what it is for individual players, but is a plus 21 had five assists, no turnovers for the starting point guard for the wolves. Um, a really strong Mike Conley game. And if they could get, exactly this line, right? 14, five and four with, with no turnovers every night from Mike Conley, they would take it every single night of the year. Yeah. And you, you, you talked about the corner threes and the, the one that really stands out to me was in the fourth quarter where they force that turnover. He's looking to push in transition is just a two, two on two situation. So they didn't really have numbers and he just kind of calmly pulled it back out to the wing. I think he gave it up to ant and then relocated back out to the corner. Now it's three V two Ant kicks it back to, Conley and he has a wide open corner three that he drains. Um, it was just really calm. He got off to a slow start, but it was just that maturity, that experience that kind of carried him through the game and made him one of the most consistent performers and one of the big re- and really showed why that this is one of the big reasons they brought him over in the first place. And you know what what really stands out to me was I think it was early in the fourth when they brought Rudy back on the court and they had Jovic on. Um, Rudy and they had Bam on Cat, and they just kept spamming that pick and roll and targeting uh, the Lauriovic uh, defensive pairing in the pick and roll over and over and over again. And I think they got three or four buckets in a row out of it and forced Miami to call a timeout. Let's talk about our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They're the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling against thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. It's the most fun I've ever had playing uh, daily fantasy, and you can win up to 25 times your money. Football season is a great time to play. October is really the best sports month of the of the year. You've got all four major sports going right now. Um, and this week on Prize Picks, I mean, you could also cross sports on Sunday. The Timberwolves don't play Sunday, but find a random NBA game, pick your favorite over or pick your favorite more or less than on in that game. You could take. Uh, just football, Lamar Jackson over two touchdowns and Jordan Addison over 50 yards receiving or whatever your favorite is. You can do that over at prize picks. Also with the prize picks reboot policy or entries, stay in play. Even if one of your players gets injured for NFL games and college football, top 25 matchups. If you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. Prize picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform that has injury insurance. Go to prizepicks.com slash lockdown NBA and use the code lockdown NBA for a first deposit match up to a hundred dollars. All right. I want to close by talking a little bit about the rotation and um, a couple interesting things here. Let's actually, let's start with uh, the, the big man rotation. So I mean, Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns each finished with 31 minutes and Nas Reed finished with 28 off the bench. Both Rudy and cat had double doubles. Nas had 25 and eight. Um, it was really, really interesting. I mean, Cat got hot in the third quarter and he played um, the end of the third quarter and and Finch left him on the floor at the start of the fourth. And then he left and Nas and Rudy closed the game together. And obviously it ended up being a little bit of garbage time at the end, but Cat never came back in the game after he exited kind of um, 
I don't know, like the, I don't, I'm guessing, but like the 10 ish, nine ish minute mark in the fourth quarter. I thought that was really interesting. And, and maybe if things had stayed tight, Cat comes back, but obviously Finch was riding the hot hand and you, on some level have the luxury of doing that when you've got three really good bigs like that. But I'm just curious how much this three, this three big rotation shifts as the year goes on. Yeah. And so theoretically, this is why you have three centers like this is where you can just ride the hot hand when it, you know, late in the game, you can throw different looks throughout the entire game. Um, like at the beginning where Carl's able to stretch the floor a little bit while Rudy's really kind of dominating around the rim. And then they go to the zone and Rudy's kind of ineffective entirely on offense. So you're able to throw cat and Nas out there to kind of provide some more skill and shooting and just agility in the middle, middle of the floor. And then late you you're able to put Rudy back out there um, to kind of shut things down defensively. And Nas was just, on fire on offense. So when he's shooting like that and scoring like that, you can't really take him out. I know that Carl's the longest tenured Timberwolf and the highest paid and all of that stuff, but it's like he, you had a couple fouls. You're not shooting it. Great. Nas is on fire. This is his game right now. And you kind of have to just let him ride it out. So I, I wouldn't read too much more into it or think much is going to come of it. Other than that, but I think it is a sign that Finch is going to be a, hopefully a little more or leaning a little more towards feeding the hot hand and relying on that on whoever's playing well, they're going to close out the game. Whereas last year we would have seen Carl probably come back in around the four, four or five minute mark. Yeah. And also I think this, this is not to get too big picture on this, but I think that it's like when you're making that investment into Nas Reed, then, then, I mean, you kind of, you basically said this at the start of your answer. Like, I mean, you're going to have to be okay with this. And because they all have different skill sets, uh, you know, you have the ability to, to mix and match as need be. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, like even last year, even though all three of them were on the team last year, obviously cat only played 29 regular season games, but even more so now Chris Finch is like, Hey, these are the guys, you know, these are three of our best seven players or whatever, they're going to, we're going to trot them out there and we're going to figure it out. And some nights Rudy may only have a couple field goal attempts and other nights he's going to get a bunch of lobs like he did in this game. And uh, I mean, across the board, like we talked about a couple of these lines looking like what you want to see every night. Cats was the only one that wasn't really like right in line with what we're used to seeing, but they still had a 16 point win. So it's, it's such a luxury to have for sure. Um, the other thing I want to note about the rotation is Jordan McLaughlin saw some first half minutes. I thought that was interesting. And I, I intend to go back and kind of see like what happened that preceded that. I think shake had a bit of a rough um, stretch right before that, but, and also Conley, I think it, the, it just seemed like the Conley minutes were off in the first half from what I think he, I was expecting him to play in terms of a substitution pattern, but McLaughlin came in and was fantastic in six minutes. I mean, Three points, four assists, but it came in six minutes. No turnovers. A typically amazing Jordan McLaughlin. It looked like Jordan McLaughlin from 12 months ago before the calf injury last year. I thought that was a really strong stint from him. I'm curious to see what, you know, what, um, what, what that looks like moving forward. Like, is he going to be a, a little bit like the Austin Rivers role last year where some nights you don't play or you don't play for a few nights and then all of a sudden you're a major rotation uh, player. And, and it feels like that could be the case for, for J-Mac this year. Yeah, I, I think he came in like right after shake had a series of turnovers and fouls yeah. and and he it, it wasn't a good night for shake unfortunately um but again the the luxury of having a point guard that the coach trusts and is very familiar with most of the pieces on this team is that jordan mclaughlin can just come in for six minutes and like you said have three points and four assists with no turnovers um first minutes of the season for him it 
he was pretty clearly relegated to third string point guard in the preseason. Um, Finch has always liked him. Finch has always trusted him and played him in, you know, some really big spots in the past. So it, it'll be fascinating to see going forward because I know shake is the, the, the new free agent, but he's going to have to perform because I think Jordan already has a little more trust built up and, um, you know, stockpiled with Finch and shakes the new guy. So I, I think this is hopefully the lowest point for shake. It was just a bad game. It's one game. Hopefully it goes from here. But like you said, it's the luxury of having another guy off the bench who can come in for a short amount of time like that and just kind of calm things down and help the offense and defense tread water while the top two guys are taking a breather. Yeah. And it's another example of the depth just being better than it was a year ago. I mean, um, a year ago, Jordan McLaughlin was the backup point guard and now yeah. he's the luxury point guard, right? So it's, it's, you know, you have shake Milton and you have Troy Brown jr. And then you go a layer deeper and you still have Jordan McLaughlin and guys that were being relied upon last year. You're not going to Bryn Forbes and Austin rivers. And I, I think that that that's going to be a significant thing over the course of 82 games. Um, all right. Uh, any final thoughts on this one, Tyler, before we wrap this thing up, the wolves are back in action on Monday. Um, and that's in Atlanta, I believe. So any final thoughts on this one or things to look, look, uh, look out for moving ahead. I, I just really like to see all three of these big men kind of continue to build that chemistry and the, the different looks that the Timberwolves keep using with all three of them. I know some of the minutes are still going to be clunky and there are a lot of bumps to figure out, figure out. But I thought tonight was a really good example of how flexible this team can be with three different centers like that. And that was still with, a pretty quiet Anthony Edwards game, even though he had a pretty enticing box score. So once things start to get clicking and that chemistry really gets there, I hope it does. The ball movement looked better today. Uh, 30 assists on 44 made shots. That's incredible ratio. Hopefully this is another step in the right direction where the, the offense is flowing a little more fluidly. And we still have Jaden McDaniels to integrate back into this team. So I, I'm very excited. Yeah, maybe we'll see him Monday too. It seems like that's a possibility based on uh, reports of him, you know, uh, playing five on five and everything the last couple of days. So, uh, again, this is Tyler. Uh, I'm Ben Beacon with Lockdown Wolves, Tyler Metcalf from Canis Supis and No Ceilings NBA. This show uh, be a bit of a rotating cast of characters. Typically, Luke Inman will be hosting from Lockdown Sports Minnesota. We'll be joined by either Tyler from Canis Supis or by Jack Borman from Canis Hoopis, who was on the show on Wednesday night following the season opener. So make sure you follow and subscribe to Lockdown Sports Minnesota on YouTube. You'll get this postcast. You'll be notified when we go live after every single Wolves game. You can also find it on the audio feed over there. Tonight's will also be on Lockdown Wolves. So make sure to check it out in the future in both of those places. Check out Tyler at Canis Hoopis and on Twitter. And uh, for whatever reason, we didn't get our Twitter handles on the screen here today. But Tyler, your Twitter handle is what? At TMetcalf1. Uh, T Metcalf one, one at T Metcalf one, one. There you go. So go check out Tyler on Twitter and, uh, we'll see you on Monday night following Wolves Hawks. Have a good night, everybody.